This is Christopher Benincasa for the Jersey Arts Podcast. Rainy days, they come my way, and it's nice to know that the sun is always shining. It's up there shining. Rainy days, they come my way, and it helps to know that the sun is always shining. In the darkest hour of the blackest night, will you search to find the silver lining? The silver lining. That's South Jersey singer-songwriter Ginger Coyle. She'll be performing this weekend at the 2014 Exponential Music Festival on the JerseyArts.com Marina stage on the Camden waterfront. A professional musician since the age of 13, she knew she wanted to be a performer since she was three. After many twists and turns through the music industry, in 2011 she decided to go totally independent and fan fund her album Homeward Bound. She's currently at work on a new full-length record. We spoke earlier this week about her life as a touring musician, recording artist, and mom. So you knew uh, that this is what you wanted to do like with your life since the age of three. H- how did you know that? I, you know, it, it, I would say about three or four years old, I was just always performing, um, you know, for blades of grass and <laughs> imagining that each one was a person. I can't really, you know, I, I would see it on MTV. I think that's why I, I got the idea in my head that it was possible because, on our channels, MTV was one channel up from, you know, the children's like Nickelodeon. My parents would go out and work on the farm and I would just nudge up one channel. And I mean, I was like a toddler watching MTV, which probably, you know, says, doesn't say very good things about my parents, I suppose. (laughs) But that's what it it was. They were working on the farm and I'd be in the house and I would just do my thing. And, you know, before you know it, I was like going up to fans, like, you know, fans that blow cool air and there were buttons on the fans and I'd be pretending that it was keys and my dad would see that. So then he got me a little keyboard and taught me a few little songs on that. And it was just, I have an ear for music. I can't read music. So it's just been something that I've felt in me and I've been able to pick out tunes by ear for a long time. And I think seeing that on, on MTV as, as a kid, um, you know, just kind of gave me the idea of when I went outside, the world was kind of like my stage, you know, I would just imagine that all these things around me were part of my concerts. <laughs> <laughs> Your daughter is around that age where you realized what, you know, you wanted to perform and write music. Will, will you be watching her for signs of being a musical prodigy? Uh, you know, um, it's, it's one of those things where I don't want to push her in any certain direction unless she wants to go, then I will uplift her. But, you know, she definitely loves music. She tries to get on stage with me whenever she comes out to like, you know, festivals that are family friendly and things like that. So it's, it's sweet. And if she wants to do music, you know, that's, that's all well and good, but she's got to work hard, you know. You've had a long career starting when you were uh, 13, I think I read. Um, After a couple of contracts with labels, you changed course and turned to your fans for support. And through Kickstarter, they funded your album Homeward Bound. What was that like to produce a record that way for the first time? It was free for once. It was, um, 
not really anybody telling me what I could sing about or, you know, how to sing or that song doesn't fit the sound we're going for. You know, they finally, you know, after being involved with the labels, like you said, um, there's a lot of control that artists face, you know, they, they, they've got to go up against these forces. They, because the machine has their idea of what they think is marketable and what direction they think that you should go. But as an artist, you know, you, you also have that same feeling in your own picture of what you think it is. And you have to compromise a lot when you're signed. Um, but I mean, choosing to go the indie route was easy for me. I was, uh, finally removed from things that were holding me back. And it was just at a time where Kickstarter had just really begun. I think it was like 2011 that I raised the funds. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it was new and exciting. And I, I think that's how I funded it so easily. Um, because there weren't as many artists on Facebook flooding feeds with, you know, I'm making a record or I'm doing this. So, um, <clears throat> yeah, I mean, it was, e it was an easy choice for me and it gave me a lot of freedom. Let's listen to the first track from that album, Hindsight. Tell me about that song. I mean, you, you opened the album with that song. What, what went into making that? What's it about? That, um, that song is actually, it, it could be interpreted in a couple different ways. You know, people take it, you know, however they want to take it. If it's a relationship that they're seeing hindsight, you know, it wasn't the best for them or whatever. Um, but for me, I, I like the song because it's vague in that sense and the person can kind of just add it to whatever's going on in their life and maybe relate. But for me, it was, um, you know, seeing that in the, the last situation with the record deal and everything, I was being used. The whole band was being used. We had hundreds of thousands of dollars stolen from us. And it, it was a huge party when we first signed. You know, we were like a rap, hip hop dance sort of black eyed peas group but we were cooler than black eyed peas <laughs> and um <laughs> you know it, it it was a big party you know we we did a lot of like vip lounge shows and like we were at a high horse we toured with third eye blind um 
out to the Midwest and back. And there, you know, when we first signed, it was like this big celebration. That's why I say the party's over. We're cleaning up and sweeping the floors because we had just realized that the rug was pulled up from under us. Hmm. And it was just this like gut wrenching, you know, like too late for hindsight. You know, it's, it's already over. So, um, that's where hindsight comes from. A lot of those songs, um, you know, they come from just that, that whole time in my life ending. And then, you know, I had a period of about two years where I just like wrote a lot and I found out that I was having a baby and I, you know, focused on all that, like the, oh crap, I'm about to be mom because <laughs> I should start reading some books because I was never planning on that ever, mm-hmm. you know? So it, it's just, um, I wrote that song though, coming right out of like fresh out of the situation with the Thundercats and, um, that's the name of the group that I was in. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, that was just like fresh wound writing about it. Some people might not know this, but, but people who fund projects through Kickstarter are often offered unique packages depending on their level of support. And you've had a lot of creative ones. Um, what's been your favorite so far? <laughs> um, let's see, my favorite package that I've that somebody got for me. Mm-hmm. I think that the coolest one was just having people come to the studio and... Um, you know, I had a, my godmother came in. She did hand claps on Homeward Bound, the title track. Um, my father came into the studio with my daughter and my grandfather and my stepmother for the tail end recording of Silver Lining. If you listen to the last song on the CD, it goes into like this big chorus party celebration sort of thing where we're all singing, dance in the rain, dance in the rain. Um, and that be, you know, because it has my father, my grandfather, and my stepmother, and my child, this four generations all captured in this one moment. And it's it's very beautiful. My my grandfather actually passed right before the record was released. He never got to hear it, but mm. he was so happy just to be a part of it and to be in the studio. And we captured his voice. I can hear it like very clearly. It's It's nice. It's nice to have. That album is called Homeward Bound, and there's also a song on the album called Homeward Bound. What's the idea behind that title? That also was written after the band breakup. And, um, I mean, I was just in in a point in my life where I had met my husband. And, you know, just being, severing ties with that relationship with the band and and trying to move forward, um, you know, I felt... I felt good in love and um, I felt comfortable with somebody for the first time. So, you know, when we found each other, we were both kind of lost and, um, you know, we, we were homeward bound together. We found home in each other. So that's basically all it's really about is <laughs> just two damaged people finding love. Nice. Okay. Well, let, we'll listen to that track too. Cool. Just a game 
Can you talk a little bit about what it was like growing up in southern New Jersey, or South Jersey as we say it here? <laughs> Sojo? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, okay, so growing up in South Jersey, uh, you know, at the time, I took it for granted. I'm not going to lie, because I was out here on this farm and, you know, playing my guitar for hours a day and playing the piano and writing songs and dreaming of leaving. Like, that was the goal, was to just leave here. Mm-hmm. And then it wasn't until I left and I went to other cities. I lived in Orlando for a while. I lived in Atlanta for a few years. Um, and and even even just going to Philadelphia a lot for shows, um, they have, you know, like a whole weekend straight. I really do miss the peace out here. I love the farmlands. I love, uh, you know, being able to drive down the road and get some fresh vegetables <laughs> that are good. You know, it's, it's just, it's, it's a great place. I think a lot of people have a misrepresentation of New Jersey because of reality TV. <laughs> so tell me about, um, the record that that's coming out now, what you're working on now. Um, you, you said you have a single coming out tomorrow, actually. Um, what is that? Is that a single that's, um, sort of like the lead into the, the, the album that's coming out? Yeah, it's it's a taster for what's to come. I mean, it, we're kind of doing everything backwards. Um, I've been trying to get this record started for about six months, and just personal reasons, it's been pushed back. But when I was invited to do the festival, I was like, you know, this is now. It's, the time is now. So we picked a <laughs> single, and um, we're just we're doing it backwards. We recorded the single first, and then... You know, in the next few months, we're going to be tracking and getting the rest of it done. But um, yeah, so it's it's just kind of like a taster of what's to come. And we're going to listen to a track, the uh, the single track that comes out this week, and it's called "The Big Picture." Yes. from what I've read, you seem like you're really active in your community, the community. You perform live a lot in all kinds of venues from, you know, the festival like the Exponential Festival. I, I, saw, I think I saw a video of you playing uh, uh, Occupy Philly gathering to <laughs> singing uh, God Bless America at a, at a Phillies game. Um, <laughs> you just seem like you're, you're just like love, you know, being, you know, just on the scene. Is that, is that you? That's pretty much me. I mean, I, at heart, 
I am sort of an activist. Um, so the Occupy thing was just like, okay, let's, let's do it. Sure. I'll play for these people. It sounds like fun. You know, I had a song, I have a song called let it burn and I went and sang that and it's a, it's a little bit political. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I enjoy just taking opportunities. Um, it, the universe is full of possibilities and whether you just stand there and say no, you know, or you're, you're a yes person and you just do them, you find that one opportunity may lead to another and then from there to another. And it's just like a chain that carries on. And if I didn't go out and do these things, then I wouldn't be where I'm at now, you know? So I just kind of take it all as it comes. I do a lot of charity work that kind of, you know, it's, it's good to give back because you receive. And tell me about Shift, this other program that you, you started and curate, right? Yeah. Um, Shift is what well, was supposed to be a quarterly showcase, but Underground Arts got super busy and I got super busy. So now it's probably going to be a yearly event because we haven't had one since last August. But it stands for Superhuman Indie Female Troubadours. Um, it's an all-women's art showcase that I put on at Underground Arts in Philadelphia. And we use the space, you know, I I get a female painter, um, female photographer, and they do showcases of their art and sell them, all female vendors, handmade artisans, um, all female musicians, a female DJ. And um, we're actually raising money for a different charity every time. Last time we did Girls Rock Philly, which, you know, helps teenage girls sort of do the same thing that I did when I was a teenager. It teaches you the ropes, how to play in a band, but how to also get yourself out there and promote yourself and do it all the right way. So, you know, we all come together and we we raise money for that organization and we have a good time together. And it's, it's honestly, it's a great time because I just noticed that there weren't a lot of events like that bringing so many different artists together in one room and really having us communicating and um, getting to know each other. So it's a beautiful thing, and I, I hope to be able to do it in the fall. That's what we're hoping for. Very cool. Um, so last question, what can we expect to hear from you this weekend at the festival? This weekend. <laughs> the moment I've been waiting for. Um, this weekend is going to be amazing. I've got um, Charlie Pacerno on drums, Ken Pendergast on upright bass and electric bass, um, a flout loudest flute player, Mary Beth Kern. She's coming all the way from Lancaster. She is just, it's going to be an all-star band. I'm going to have some tracks from the old record and definitely the big picture, the new single. And um, maybe another track or two, you know, giving a taste of what the record's going to be like. But it's a 30-minute set, so I'm going to try not to talk too much and just get right to the music. Okay, great. Ginger Coyle, thank you so much for doing the podcast. Thank you for having me.
Ginger Coyle and her band will be performing this coming Sunday at the Exponential Music Festival on the JerseyArts.com Marina stage on the Camden waterfront. For more info about the festival, visit XPN.org. To learn more about Ginger Coyle, go to her website, GingerCoyle.com. And for more information about the arts in New Jersey, go to JerseyArts.com. I'm Christopher Benincasa. Thanks for listening. The Jersey Arts Podcast is made possible by the New Jersey State Council on the Arts, supporting excellence and engagement in the arts since 1966.